Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Greetings, tomatoes, and welcome to this episode of The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. I'm Cheryl Benton, and if you're ready to travel again, then pour yourself a glass of wine, sit back, and you're going to get some great advice that's going to help you start traveling again and feel safe about doing it. So my guest today is April Miranda. She's the co-founder of Gutsy Women Travel. It's the largest niche marketing company promoting travel designed just for women. And this year they are celebrating their 20th anniversary, which is a remarkable milestone considering that the company was launched shortly after 9-11 and is still standing after our global pandemic which of course, as we all know, brought travel to a complete halt for a while. In her recently published business memoir, which we're so happy that we published under the Three Tomatoes Publishing imprint, It's Your Life, Live It. She tells her story of her remarkable life in travel and academia, and it's a great book, and it's one with so so many lessons for so many people on many, many levels. So April, I'm so happy to have you here as my guest. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you again, Cheryl. So let's talk just a little bit about um, how Gutsy Women Travel started. You're one of the co-founders. As I said, it started in 2001. And at that time, this was a very novel concept to just offer travel tours for women. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I was commissioned by the... um, owner of the company I was with at the time, Icon Associates, owned by billionaire Carl Icon, to do some research and to come up with some ideas on new ways to travel. And he would invest in it and we would open it up uh, that division under his umbrella. And I did my homework. And what I mainly did was look at other industries. I looked at the car industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the retail industry and I noticed that their commercials or their marketing was geared to women and when I looked at the travel industry there was family travel there was solo travel there was adventure travel there was even LGBTQ travel but nothing specifically for that women's market so we um, got the opportunity to meet with um, the author of a book, Gutsy Women, uh, about her travels uh, alone throughout the world. She took a a hiatus from work and traveled for two years on her own. And she wrote this book, Gutsy Women. And she spoke at our sales meeting. And Carl was like, you know, this is a, a great idea for a new travel company. Let's buy the rights to the name and let's 
start a travel division for Gutsy Women. And he goes, with your marketing background, you'll um, be commissioned to, uh, to develop it. And that's really how it started, which was right before 9-11. So we got everything in place. We had you know, all the bells and whistles going. We were really excited. Um, got our color scheme for our logo and toll-free number and the tours put together of all the destinations that we, that we felt that women would like. And then came 9-11 and we were going to shelve it. But then, you know, to his credit, uh, Mr. Icon said, you know, let's roll the dice and uh, let's go ahead and market it. And I'm glad that we did because 20 years later, uh, we're still there. That market is, is actually growing. At the time when we started Gutsy, 20% of women were either single, divorced, or widowed. Fast forward to today, it's over 50%. So there's a large market of either women on their own, you know, professional women like myself, who may want to find a group to travel with, or uh, married women who their spouses do not have the same interest that they have or the same vacation, or quite frankly, she just really kind of wants to do a trip to nurture herself. And of course, unfortunately, a lot of widows who are losing their uh, significant others and they, they want to try, try and find a, a group to travel with. So we, uh, we developed in that way and thank God we're, we're still going strong. Well, you are, and I know you do just really fabulous trips all, all over the world and, and all, also throughout the U.S. as well. And I, when, when you read the book, people, one of the things that you will discover is not just the power of travel, but tra traveling with women is different, you know, because women, we talk to each other, we share things. And you have actually, and that was something you didn't realize in the very beginning, I think when you were starting this company, it was about travel, but over the years, you have seen how it really can transform the lives of women and that it's so much more than travel. So just talk a little bit about that, because I think it's important for our tomatoes who are listening out there. Exactly. That's a great question, because here we were right after the, 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 uh, tragedy of 9-11, launching this travel company for trips geared for women uh, with like-minded interest, whether it be to Italy or to France or Costa Rica, you know, we, we had it all. We had a, a great selection. And we had some domestic travel, which we felt, you know, especially after 9-11, maybe people might want to stay a little bit close to home. And it was on that journey, that first uh, Savannah Charleston trip that I escorted actually, that I had a chance to meet with the women who had picked the, the destination. And at a uh, welcome reception, I was giving out our tra you know, traditional um, gutsy button, which the women would wear in honor. And this one woman wanted you know, if she, to know if she could have two. And I said, you know, you could take as many as you would like. I said, you want to share it with a friend or a, a family member? She goes, no, they're for me. She goes, see, I just survived a double mastectomy. And I never thought I could ever travel again, let alone be in this great uh, trip with all these other women. 
I lost my husband a few years ago. He was my main traveling companion. Then with my illness, I just want a reminder of how fortunate I am. And I remember calling our CEO um, after that night and I said, we're far more than a travel company. This is really an empowerment for women. It's something that, you know, I can do this. I need this. I deserve this. I want this. I'm doing this. And that's really um, how we uh, developed over the last two decades. And it's great. And in your book, you have met several wonderful stories about um, that you share of women whose lives have been transformed, women who have forged friendships, you know, that they never expected and and became great friends with other women that they've met on the trip. So. Um, if you know anyone who's listening, if you've never done a group trip or you've never thought about doing a trip with a group of women that you may not know, definitely check out uh, Gutsy Women Travel because I think it's a place where you'll feel very welcome. So now I want to talk about travel and getting back into traveling because thank goodness there's been so much pent up demand. Thank goodness people are starting to travel again. I'm hearing so many people, just more and more, especially in the last month, that people are going here or there, or they're planning a trip, or you know they had trips planned that they had postponed, and now they're ready to go again, uh, which is really great to hear. But um, I also know people still have some you know safety concerns, obviously, around the pandemic, because it hasn't really gone away away. Um, so let's start with picking a destination right now. How, what are some of the things people should be considering if they're thinking about taking a trip? Well, a lot too depends on your, your fear level. If you're someone who's really like, I don't want to get COVID or, you know, you have underlying conditions and you're just really still nervous about it. The number one starting point to pick your destination is to pick low populated destinations where there's not a lot of travel. We have found where the virus escalates is in large populated areas like New York City, like maybe London or, uh, or larger entities. And um, our first trip that we picked um, last year when we were finally able to travel was Iceland because it was a low densely populated uh, area and that worked out great so that would be number one number two would check would be to check the cdc listings on low incidence and levels of covid and there again iceland was a level one so it had very few instances of uh, covid and that made made us you know comfortable and then there's other obviously level ones which means you know your risk is low obviously level four is a high risk destination so if you're very worried you may want to you know stay stay away from that and then i think finally uh, a third aspect is make your bucket list you know you know at this point in your life i think we realized after the pandemic you know our our freedom was taken from us. We were isolated. We, 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 we saw the importance of camaraderie and connecting with the world. And you start realizing your own limitations and time frame because so many lost their lives during the pandemic. So people are now starting to say, you know, 
based on the time that I have left in this journey here, where do I want to go? Make that list, make that list and make that a priority that you tackle that along with making certain that there's, you know, the parameters in place for you. And I think that's a great way to start. Oh, I agree. And I love hearing that. And, you know, just it's like, take that trip now. <laughs> the one you've been planning and talking about forever, you like, know, just just do it. We don't know what tomorrow holds for us. None like of us, Nike so. says, right? Just exactly, do it. Exactly, exactly. So another thing that I think gets a little confusing to people, and I'm not even sure what our restrictions are here with people coming to the country, is what are the COVID restrictions in different places? Because they've been changing so rapidly. I mean, some people have no restrictions. Some have some restrictions. I don't know if we're even, do we still require people coming into the U.S. to have a, a, a proof of a negative COVID test? I, I don't even know. So where, yeah, do we? That Yeah, I don't know. Do we at this point? That's a great question. And you know what? The answer is it's constantly changing. Right. So, so where well, do you find, where do you, how do you find that? Because that's a big deal when people I know are thinking about the trips. They kind of want to know what they're going to have well, to go through. Well, there's three main sites. Everything is, is, is pretty much thankfully online because that can be updated. So you've got, in, in, to answer your, your question, and rightfully so, we're here in the United States. You have the CDC pretty much regulating what, what is to be here in the United States. You got the WHO, which regulates it internationally. And then you have the, the State Department, um, uh, whether it be the State Department of the United States or the government websites of France, you know, Germany, Italy, delegating what their restrictions are. I mean, currently right now in the United States, as long as you're vaccinated, you have to have a vaccination card and um, have a, a COVID test that shows you're negative uh, within the three days prior to your departure, you're, you're fine to enter the United States. Us leaving the United States, for example, I'm going to Greece uh, in May. And Greece uh, requires you to have not only your vaccination card, but a booster. And but they don't require us to show proof of a test. So uh, you know that's a good point. Now returning right now, the United States is not requiring us to have proof of a negative test. However, that may change with these variants that are coming into play. So you just have to be resilient, you know, our, our famous word here. And if we do have to take a test, there are uh, clinics um, in your various destinations where you could get those tests within uh, uh, 48 to 72 hours of your departure that you can get text to you, your results, and you show that at the airport. So right. when there's a bill, there's a way. Right. So it's still, it's, you have to check and it's going to vary and it could change, you know, who, on, on a dime, really depending on, on what's happening with the circumstances. But, you know, the whole thing with the testing too, because I know that's something that's concerned a lot of people about uh, leaving the country. It's because, wow, if I do for some reason test positive, 
And now I have to quarantine and wait for a test and it's the end of my trip. What do I do about it? And recently, I'm just gonna share this story because I thought it was pretty um, pretty interesting. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. I know someone who very recently was in was in Italy and, and she was required to have to show a uh, negative COVID test to come back before they were leaving. And she went locally wherever she was staying to get a test and it came back positive. And she was freaking out. She's like, I know I don't have COVID. Well, fortunately, she had also packed a rapid test kit with her and she got a whole a hold of the hotel doctor and he gave her the rapid test and that was negative. And then he wrote the, you know, whatever she needed to show when she returned. So I just thought that was kind of, maybe you want to pack <laughs> some rapid test kits with you when you're traveling too, right? Oh yeah, the, the test can, can have a false negative um, uh, uh, result. And yes, with these, uh, especially now that you can buy them on Amazon now, and a lot of the facilities have them uh, readily available. And luckily for her that that, that did happen. That, that would be a tragedy if, because she would probably, uh, had she not re been resilient, uh, she probably would have had to stay in quarantine. Right. So that brings me now to another really important question that I think for a lot of us before the pandemic, we didn't give too much thought to, but I think now a lot of people traveling are. And so it's first, it's sort of travel insurance if you do have to cancel a trip. And then the second part is travel insurance that would cover you if you have a healthcare incident. So can you talk about that? What's the value of getting them? What kind of costs are we talking about? Okay, first of all, it's actually now three, three levels of insurance that we need. You've got your, your travel and your health insurance that everyone should usually uh, take. Um, you have your incident insurance and, you know, if you should um, have an incident while you're away um, for like a medical evacuation, get that in order. And then the third now is repatriation insurance. This is a new term that our listeners should be prepared about. Repatriation is when like, for example, when COVID first started and um, it came about and it said you had to, you know, all travel was ceasing and then everybody wanted to come back to their original destination. Repatriation insurance covers the cost for you to have to get out of Dodge, get on a plane and come back to your original destination. And um, the cost on that is not that much. Um, in the case where I went to Iceland, my repatriation and a me, uh, 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 medical emergency insurance was $32. And I bought that from American Express. Um, if you are purchasing your trip, you could check with, you, with a credit card, you could check with your credit card company what coverage they provide. You may not need to even get a special extra uh, umbrella policy. But in the case of repatriation, that is extra. And it was $30, $32 a person. It wasn't that th much. Um, as far as your overall travel insurance and health insurance, and God forbid you do get sick there, and then you have to quarantine and you have to get a hotel, 
there are, are now new um, uh, policies that cover that through Allianz or um, through any of the major uh, travelers umbrella policy. So the traveler just needs to check with their credit card company and with their uh, insurance carrier. And in many cases, your own insurance may cover you. Like for example, when we were in Iceland, we had to get a test to come, come back. That cost um, was $68, okay, out of pocket. Um, and uh, I put that through my insurance and I got reimbursed. So that was, that was good. But it, yeah. it's on the three levels now. Right. And now often, you know, when you, when you, when you book a trip, it will ask you if you want to buy the travel insurance in terms of, you know, if you have to cancel the trip, which in the right. past I've always ignored, but <laughs> I think maybe I won't anymore. All right. And, and to your point, I, I, I should mention this. This is a new thing now that travel companies, you know, because they know that that people are on the fence. Well, if I, I deposit and now there's this new new variant coming, then what happens? You'll see a lot of companies now saying, if you deposit on a trip by May 31st and you have to cancel in July uh, because of a variant or some, some that, you will be able to get a, make, make that deposit a movable deposit. There's no penalty. If you're, you know, you can't travel or you're in fear of travel, you can delay your trip. And that's a new thing that you're seeing, even with the airlines now, if you buy by a certain day and then, you know, you have to cancel your cover. Well, that's great. That's great. So that's something we definitely all need to be paying attention to all those things when we're traveling, because it's just going to give us peace of mind and free us up to travel again, which I know we all want to do. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, favorite places that women love to travel and in in in, in your book you go through that because you've gone on so many different tours and i know there are three top places that women love so tell us what they are and and, and a little bit about you know why women love these places so much well i, I you know i get asked that question a lot and you know i'm i'm obviously from italian heritage my parents were from italy so i i'm not going to going to say that Italy is number one because of my own love of, of Italy. Um, but Italy, I mean, I've been in the industry for decades and specifically with Gutsy, uh, you know, going on over 20 years now, the number one destination is, is Italy. And even as we speak for, for this year and for 2023, um, you know, the, the demand is just incredible. And I just think that we all have that Italiophile, you know, feeling inside of us that, you know, we just all love everything, you know, about Italy. And it's very much like the United States. You could go to Italy, you know, time and time again and go to different areas like you can in, in the States. You have the East Coast, you have the West Coast, you've got the, the full foliage, you've got Florida, you've got the, the, the Midwest. Well, in Italy, you've got the Amalfi Coast, you have Milano, you have Venice, you have the southern part in Sicily, you have the lake region, you have a lot of different opportunities uh, in Italy. And the elements on a woman's travel trip are all in these areas. Obviously, we love the idea of a culinary aspect in a trip. So Italy meets that. 
they have the wine uh, uh, growing regions there. They have the the culture. They have the music, the dance. They have the 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 whole uh, scenery. You know that uh, aesthetics. So it just makes it number one. And a yeah, close. It's, it's what it's number one on my list. I can tell you. I I don't think you could go to Italy too many we times just, for all just, the reasons you said. You know, plus we, the wine, the food, the shopping. It's just it, it's just one of my favorite. favorite we just places. posted a, a, a September trip for Amalfi, it's almost sold out. I just posted it. And the women just, just you know, can't get enough of it. So that's good. I think to, to your question, a close second with the same concept is France. You have so many different areas in France, the different regions, whether you wanna go into uh, Paris, you wanna go in, into Provence, you wanna go into the, the mountain region, the, the the river cruises there and one trip that i have found time and time again each year that just sells out is going into normandy you know a lot of of uh, women who had uh, parents or grandparents um who fought in world war ii and want to go to uh, normandy and see you know the the the, the history uh, that is uh, preserved there I did the 70th anniversary of D-Day, and it, it goes down as one of my most uh, in, incredible trips. And I think um, a close third uh, for a lot of women can be um, going into the, the cultural aspects, whether it be uh, Costa Rica or to Spain, uh, going into the um, areas of uh, Japan, um, which also uh, women love. Um, I think there's a lot of options for them. Well, that's great. And and you're making us all want to hop on a plane right now. That's for sure. So you've been traveling the world for years. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. One is, have you ever actually kept track of a number of countries? And then I know this is like asking who's your favorite kid, but what's your favorite place? And is there one place that you have not been to yet that's on your bucket list? Okay, so what's the first question? How many countries have you been to? I think I counted it, it was like 150. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm very well, I mean, remember I've been in the industry yeah. for a long time. I've been. Yeah. A very few places I have not been to. And what 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 is your favorite place if you had to pick one? You know, I would say Italy, but obviously, you know, we've covered that that issue well. So that's a that's a, a, a given, right? But my second favorite destination, all time experience in my life, was doing the uh, the safari in South Africa. Um, I, I have never in my life felt so close to nature and realizing, you know, the incredible universe that we live in and meeting the people there who really have nothing, but they, they act like they have the world at their fingertips, the love, the, the passion. Um, great experience. I, I will always I, remember that trip. I'm so glad you said that because my very favorite trip ever was a safari in South yeah. Africa. It's life-changing. So yeah. anyone who's got that on your bucket list, 
uh, just do it. There is nothing I, I can to this day remember falling asleep and hearing the lion's roar in the background. It's just ex extraordinary and you just have to experience it. You can't even really explain it because it truly is, it gets into your soul. And so to, to is, answer your, your question on what's on my bucket list. Yeah, where I'm have going, you not been that you want to go I'm, to? And I'm finally doing it because it's finally open. It's been closed for, for years now, but I am leaving uh, November of 2023 uh, to do Australia, New Zealand. I have not been there. That's great. And then I can say I've done it. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great list. <laughs> so what's your next trip? Well, I'm leaving for, well, um, Oh, Greece. Is that Greece the next I'm one? doing Greece. I'm actually going to Florida over the, the Easter holiday for a conference. And that will be, I'm looking forward to that, but I'm going to Greece in, in May. And, um, I just um, became president of a, a, a skull association and their uh, conference this year is in Croatia and I'll find myself in Croatia in October. So I'm going to be doing lots wow. of time Croatia is on my bucket list because I have not been there yet and I really so want to go. So April, this has been so great. You've inspired us all to want to hop on an airplane like and book something before the day is out that's that's how i feel right now and uh of course all your travel advice is so valuable so i want to tell everyone listening that if you if you want to take a trip with with some fabulous women go to april's website gutsy women travel and then i encourage you all to read her book it's your life live it it's a wonderful book it's not just about travel. It's really about life. And she shares so many wonderful lessons. And in her book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, online, and any place you buy books. So thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Cheryl. And thank you all for listening. Keep traveling. <laughs>